Hello, I'm Molly Church and welcome to another episode of Native New Day. We find ourselves today in polar bear country up with our Eskimo friends and loved ones. Here we find a polar bear that wandered into the village of Savunga and made a mistake in doing so. This is perhaps the most pristine place in all of North America. The splendor of this land is unsurpassed by any other. The wildlife still roam freely as they have for thousands of years. The ocean is ragged and beaming with endless sea life. The night sky is awesome and the northern lights are truly a spectacular sight to behold. This is certainly one of our last frontiers. Here we find a typical Eskimo framed boat that's covered with walrus skin. And the walrus skin is painted white, so when it floats on the water, it looks like an iceberg or a piece of ice floating along. And this is what they use for their whaling. You can see the ocean is opening up now, and it's almost time, in fact, it is time for whaling season. Today, I would like to talk to you about a very sensitive subject that so many of our native families are dealing with, not only here in the north, but throughout all of our native reserves and reservations. It's about the high rate of suicide among our people, especially among our precious youth. Suicide isn't just a single problem, but rather it's a single response to multiple problems. And because of several unique situations that we as a people face, the result has brought our suicide rate 10 times higher than the national average. But let's start on a positive note. There's nothing more inspirational than seeing people who have vision and who are living out their lifelong goals. These people have a positive attitude. They know where they're going and they're excited about life. Such is the case of Melissa Owens, who became the Iditarod Rookie of the Year, the famous dog sled race here across Alaska. My name's Melissa Owens, and uh, I ran my first Iditarod in 2008. I was the second rookie to finish and the first female rookie. I was the youngest uh, female to finish the Iditarod. Um, this is been a lifelong goal of mine. Um, my dad ran the race the year I was born and um, it's just been a, uh, a dream for me and a goal to work for. I grew up volunteering with my parents and um, we were at I did our time we'd always go down and we'd pack the food for the volunteers, help down at the dog lot and I got to work with the veterinarians and everything. I've learned a lot from different mushers and Working through all of this, it's I've set smaller goals and achieved them, and just by working through goals, you know, you eventually reach what you want to get. When we're attaching our team together, we have to pick certain dogs to run up front. We'll tie them tandem together so that there's two running together, so they don't, so they have company and somebody to talk to and be grumpy with. These dogs are bred and raised and love to run. That's what their parents, grandparents, and many generations in the past have done. They get very mad when they get left home. I had one dog 
a couple years ago I didn't run him in the team and come back from the run and I was helping my mom and harness her team and I looked over at him and he was sitting with his back to me and would not even look at me when I spoke to him. He didn't forgive me until it was dinner time. Due to unforeseen circumstances, namely Mother Nature, um, this year we sustained a lot of windburn and frostbite and earlier in the year I'd injured my shoulder I've got a permanent wrist injury. Just to keep going, it's always a challenge. Every time I got down, we'd always find another, another gear. We'd get up, we'd go, and if it weren't for God, you know, I would not have made it up the trail last year or this year, as far as I made it. You know, he and I had a lot of, a lot of discussions, and I'm sure there's gonna be skid marks out there for years to come with where he and I argued about whether or not to continue that race. Since I did rod I've been kind of I haven't been doing a whole lot and I've been really bored and I'm I've been missing the trips with the dogs and so but I haven't physically been able to do them due to injuries I sustained on the race but in the past couple weeks I've been getting back out and I've made a lot of progress working with the dogs and if, if you don't have something to get out and do, you're missing out on a lot, really. You know, you gotta set a goal. For those of you guys out there that you know, might be bored, you just gotta get up and do something, you know? If you don't dream big and dare to fail, how are you gonna do anything? Where are you gonna go? If you're down, you know, there's somebody up there that really cares for you. He'll, he'll help you through it, you know. He cares about you. He wants to help you. If it weren't for God, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. He and, he and I have come through a lot. You know, I've, been, I've had a lot of physical pain in my life, and none of it would be able, I wouldn't be able to keep going with what I do if it weren't for God giving me the strength to keep going. Wasn't that inspiring? Unfortunately, our goals and dreams don't always turn out the way we hope they will. Often, problems and circumstances we face prevent us from seizing advantages in life which help us reach our goals. And because so often there seems so few opportunities for success, people become discouraged and depressed to the point that their vision of usefulness and happiness becomes so small and narrow that they see no reason for going on in life. Let's examine some of the causes of these problems. We do so by first asking the question, what makes life worthwhile? Despite hardships and anxieties that come our way. Suicide is an indicator of distress often to unique problems in our homes and communities. Let me explain. Today, we see the long-range results of several frustrating clashes of our native culture with the aggressive inroads of a more dominant civilization. One of these recent clashes in our past history has been the residential school effect in many areas on our people. In our past generation, the government took Native children from their parents and sent many of them away 
to residential Indian boarding schools, often thousands of miles away. This threw normal Native life out of whack. You see, traditional Native education was based on respect and appreciation for the mentoring and teaching of parents and elders. It was the responsibility of those with knowledge to pass it on and the obligation of the young to learn. This established deep relationships and a bond to family and culture. And yet, it is important to clarify that not every Native person was directly affected by the Indian residential school experience. Many formal residential school students have been able to go on to lead successful and healthy lives. Then there was another change in Native life that caused a tremendous identity crisis. Over the past couple of decades, we have urged our youth to get an education. Monies have been made available for them to go on to school. But when these newly educated Native young people return to the reserves and reservations, they find very few jobs available in the areas that they've been trained. Also, because it's part of our culture to stay and help our older generation in their later years, youth find it hard to stick around home because of the unavailability of jobs. This is especially difficult with the way the financial climate is today. This again widens the generation gap, and if the younger generation chooses to stay, it often results in boredom and depression. And depression is perhaps the leading cause of all suicides. So many of these educated young people became a generation adrift, meaning they felt out of place both in their culture because of their education, but also in the white man's world. Then there's mass media, especially the television and internet. They have created an appetite among our youth for a lifestyle that just doesn't fit into their accustomed culture and economy. However, the reality is that there are opportunities for success. But because of their deep depression, they are prevented from seeing or discovering them. The problem of depression can also be brought on by grief over loss, embarrassment, guilt, physical and mental maladies, or a number of other reasons that make us feel overwhelmed and worthless, which can bring on thoughts of self-harm and suicide. But it doesn't have to be that way. Friends, there's a way out. There are things that we can work on to keep from giving up on life. Whatever the case, the question is, what can we do to help those family members friends or others that we know who are going through depressing hard times. In order to help, there is a giant principle that I'd like to pass on to you about helping those who feel hopeless. And that very important principle is, although they can't see things logically, they can still feel things emotionally. This means that understanding from those who sincerely care can give a suicidal person something to hold on to as they walk through these dark valleys. Our caring is the very best help 
depressed people can receive from us. One wonderful thing that I appreciate about our native culture is that we are basically a caring people. It's a cultural trait that we need to continue to cherish and strengthen. The second big thing in helping a depressed person is to remember that the urge to kill oneself doesn't last forever. These critical periods of depression can be gotten through by us staying close to that person until they get the feeling better. Friends, if you know someone who is living with depression or entertaining suicidal thoughts, come close to them or get a hold of someone whom they trust just to be there for them. There are many typical burdens we tend to be overloaded with which we need to be aware of. I'm here in Gamble, Alaska, which is less than 30 miles from Russia over here. Unfortunately, I've had a lot of friends who chose suicide as a permanent fix for a temporary problem. Remember to understand that 90 to 95 percent of those who commit suicide could have been prevented from doing so if someone would have simply been there to help them through their struggles. Now what do you think a survivor of suicide would say to us today? Please listen to the story of a friend of mine who has had the courage to talk about her terrible experience. This is my daughter Carol Seppalo. This is who she was before she uh, attempted suicide and here she is today. My name is Carol Sutherland. I'm wearing this mask because I'm a survivor of suicide. I tried to commit suicide when I was 16 years old. I tried to shoot myself when I was intoxicated. Her father was a heavy drinker at the time. And uh, he happened to uh, not put the gun away at the moment. And next thing we found out, she, uh, we heard a loud gunshot, powerful gunshot. It was like a nightmare, like in a movie, but it's real. Everybody was shouting, my whole family. She was a medevac to Anchorage after they stabilized her at the Nome Hospital. I woke up in the hospital in Anchorage and they told me what happened to me and I remember throwing things around. I, I didn't want to believe it. And that's what alcohol does to you. I was so hurt when she attempted suicide. 
aus, numb, I was lost, but uh, I had to fight it with the power of prayer. You had to let go, let God take care of it. I wasn't drinking that night. I wouldn't have shot myself. I've lost nine friends to suicide in the past six and a half years. Most of them were drinking alcohol at the time they killed themselves. If I was going to advise to a young person, this is what I would advise young people. Go to the nearest relative, talk to family members you love, because Life is important. Kids need to realize how much we love them, no matter what circumstances. You still love your children unconditionally. I, I have four children, grown children now. They give me purpose to live on. They give me purpose to have faith, hope, and love. Our kids mean world to us. I can't emphasize enough for those who get depressed to turn to their loved ones, to God. I'm so proud of her because she served on the statewide suicide prevention team for two years. I'm also proud of her because she hasn't given up. I love her very much. You know, when it comes to reaching out to those who are depressed, I find at times like this, that asking our Creator for help and knowing how to show genuine caring and to understand the right things to say really makes a difference. God has promised that He will answer our prayer when you ask Him for help for others. And you know, He does help. Suicide in any way, shape or form is such a tragedy for the entire family and the community. The heartache that comes from suicide is so overwhelming to others. My dear brother, my dear sister, my heart goes out to you if you're experiencing this kind of frustration and pain. Remember the words of our Creator who says, Come unto me, all you who are wearied and tired, and I will give you rest. So often I've heard loved ones say, I just wish I would have known the warning signs and had paid closer attention. It would do us all good to know some of the main warning signs that are most usually seen in a suicidal person's behavior. Here they are. An increasing isolation from friends and family. Not taking care of responsibilities at school or work. Giving away of possessions. 
talking in hopeless terms, neglecting their personal appearance, decrease or increase in sleeping, an increase or beginning of alcohol or drug abuse, a dramatic increase or decrease in appetite, constant feelings of worthlessness, even self-hatred, preoccupation with death, dying or suicide, writing a suicide note, extreme moodiness, easily overwhelmed, crying spells, uncontrolled weeping. Now suicidal people, of course, won't have all these symptoms, but should you see more than two or three of these behaviors together, that person should be taken seriously as a potential suicide victim. Now there is another great deterrent in helping the depressed suicidal people get over these difficult hums, and that is letting them know how important they really are and how loved they are by you and by their family and friends. We need to try tactfully to help them to understand the devastation their loss would bring to their loved ones for years to come, even for the rest of their lives. Many times, we don't realize how much our lives give fulfillment and self-worth to the lives of others. To be without you brings an emptiness to others that is unmeasurable. When this happens, loved ones are plagued daily with a question, why did this happen? with thoughts of what more could they have done to keep you alive and well. I don't think that any of us realize just how much we are loved and needed. Surely Alaska is a beautiful place, but I'd like to have you join me here in a warmer part of the country, here in Arizona, where our native brothers and sisters wrestle with the same scourge of a high suicide rate. Let's contemplate some encouraging thoughts for those who are actually dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. There is a great reason to keep on living so often overlooked. And that is that we forget the fact that our Creator had a reason and a purpose for you to be born. He created you not only for the joy of experiencing true fulfillment and happiness, but he also created you for the benefit of helping others. You know, no matter how you were born or where you were born, it's no accident that you are alive today. Listen to what the Book of Heaven says. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I selected you. I already know the plans I have for you. I will help you and not hurt you. I will give you a future and a hope. We all get down at times. Jesus totally understands this. We find in the book of heaven that there were many people like David and Elijah who got depressed too. But the book of heaven says that God regarded them as men after his own heart. We all get depressed at one time or another. And the reason is, is that we live in a world that is full of overwhelming problems. But you know, my friend, 
it won't always be this way. Our Creator has promised that someday, and someday very soon, He's going to make all things new. But until then, He asks us to be patient, and He also invites us to let Him help us through the problems of this life. All we have to do is ask for help. He has a thousand doors that He will open for you when you give Him permission to. Our great Spirit God wants all of us to know purpose in life, which heals and prevents depression. Here's one of the greatest principles of life. In order to know true happiness and fulfillment, we have got to learn to love and to help other people instead of always focusing on ourselves. We need to learn how to genuinely care for other people. And the Great Spirit promises to help us do that. When it comes to this topic of suicide amongst our people, we must be willing to personally and as a community reach out to those who need our help. This is true native spirituality. And now to conclude our time together, here are some tested and proven prevention strategies that will help our native communities become effective in establishing suicide prevention. Provide training for parents and other community members how to be alert for people at risk. Inviting and bringing into our reserves and reservations peer support programs that help friends of high-risk youth. Creating crisis centers and hotlines readily available so depressed people and those in need can easily find them and turn to them for help. Getting out the message that no matter what your degree of spirituality may be, that the Creator of us all deeply loves us and is ready to help us in every situation. The Great Spirit has given us all a purpose by bearing one another's burdens. You see, by helping others, we help ourselves. Don't you think it's time that we realize that we are our brother's keeper? Those who take time out of their lives to help others are usually the most joyful and positive people. They have found true fulfillment in their lives. I would like to be one of them, wouldn't you? Thank you for being with me again and taking the time to be better informed and better prepared to deal with this serious subject. And until next time, let only the Good Spirit guide you.